Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast coming to you. Well, I was going to say live, but we're not. We're pre-recorded uh, from the studio here at McNarps. We are in front of a live studio audience. Though, we moment. are. We are in front of a live studio audience. Uh, we have Caitlin here Hi. who uh, plays D&D with us on uh, Wednesdays. And there's something else that I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure oh, one, somebody will Some, figure it out. Some, somebody will figure it out. What yeah, is that yeah. thing? No, this is my girlfriend, Caitlin. So welcome, Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Who... Who is not a wrestling fan, really? No, she's she's just getting into it. I think just to you know appease me and, and oh. find uh, common so. interest with me. As soon as but, y'all are uh, done, it's gonna be like God. I never have to watch the garbage <laughs> oh, thank again. God. Oh. Thank God. No, it's fun. I've never watched anything quite like it before, and it is very entertaining. So I'm enjoying it, it thus are, far. So you would say that you are sports entertained? Then I am. I am sports entertained. <laughs> She doesn't get the joke yet. But no. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, but our, our seven listeners will. Yes. Except maybe the one in Russia who probably doesn't speak English. Hey. But, hey, man, we, we appreciate you being on here and listening to us every week. Yes. So. Um, so. Uh, what, what are we drinking this week, Jason? Man, I just grabbed the first bottle that was on the shelf as I, I ran out. We're recording a little late. So I just grabbed proper 12. Proper number just, 12, Irish whiskey. It was what was closest by, so, yeah, we, we're just doing that. It's good. It, it It's a good, it a good whiskey. It is a good, um, cheap whiskey. That's the best way you can describe it. There's always, it's always room for a good, cheap whiskey in a on a liquor shelf. Good, mm-hmm. cheap Irish whiskey. If you're, if you're going to get Irish whiskey, look at proper number 12 or... Um, Bushmills, Jameson, those are the, yeah. those are the ones you're going to want to go to, obviously. Uh they're the kind of a standard, yeah. Really and truly, when it comes to it, but proper twelve is roughly the same price. It it has it's a little more Americanized Irish whiskey, so it's worth a shot. Give it a give it a go, and and you know, throw Conor McGregor another couple million dollars. Right, he... not like he doesn't need it. <laughs> um, so. Shall we get into the week of wrestling? Yeah, let's get into the week of wrestling. Uh, Monday Night Raw. I'm going to take Raw this week, switch things up a little bit. Uh, We get uh, T-Bar and Mace versus Drawn. Drawn? Drawn. Braun Strowman (laughs) and Drew McIntyre, which um, we uh, got Mace and T-Bar winning by countout. We have The New Day and Damian Priest versus Miz, Jackson Riker, and Elias. What happened to Morrison? He's kind of, you know. I'm really hoping they're taking him away from all of that and going to split yeah. him off. But uh, Woods gets the pin on Riker uh, with the win. So, um, I like the way Bleacher Report puts this. Another non-match between Sheamus and Umberto Carrillo. Because it's just another beatdown. Um, but didn't Carrillo, I thought Carrillo won that. Let me see. Seamus took a cheap shot at him, beat him down mercilessly. Korea recovered and jumped on the champion before backdropping him out of the ring. He hit three drop kicks and a huge suicide dive to send him over the announce table. And it's still, it's not a match, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's garbage anyway. Yeah. Um, RK bro. Versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, um, RK Bro. I just I die a little inside. I'm honestly a fan. (laughs) Just the name though, the name. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm cool with seeing it, but it is the kind of name that somebody like Matt Riddle would come up with. I know, (laughs) but RK Bro gets the win. Um, Let's see. We get Asuka, Lana, and Naomi versus Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Rhea Ripley. Um, Jax gets the win on this one, so the heels take the win. Um, We have Charlotte Flair versus Mandy Rose. Charlotte, who was suspended after the show last week and was brought back this week. And there was a segment earlier that talked about it. Yeah. um, 
Charlotte gets a win on that because, of course, she does. Daddy DeVille had um, her hands in that as far as pulling Charlotte back into. Then we get uh, Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman set up from the match earlier in the night. If Braun wins, then he is um, added to the match at WrestleMania Backlash. It's not even Backlash anymore. No, it's WrestleMania Backlash. And Braun actually gets a convincing win on Drew McIntyre. So, that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, Moving to NXT, we kicked off with uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Dakota Kai as a... well. Martinez said that she wanted a shot at Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai says you have to beat me first. So she did. Martinez wins by DQ. Uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans and Tommaso Ciampa and Thatcher have a, a little back and forth. Uh, Tony Storm versus uh, Zader Ramir. We're, this is uh, Tony Storm now versus debuting rookie person. And uh, debuting rookie person, Ramier beats uh, Tony Storm. That she did. Uh, we have Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory, where if Bronson Reed wins, he gets a title shot versus uh, Gargano, and he does. Uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick take on Imper- Imperium, where Imperium wins. <clears throat> then we have uh, uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi versus Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. Well, do we really have them versus or no, it was another one of the, the way, the way interferes and beats down the champions. Um, the way is messing with, uh, Indy. Yeah. And, and controlling Indy's feelings for Dexter. Yeah. Cause there was a, there was a spot earlier where somebody walks up and hands Ember and, uh, Shotzi, a bouquet of flowers and says that it's, these are from Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Frankie Monet reads it from Dexter and, and, uh, Indy hears it in the background and, you know, this is going to of course become a, uh, you know, uh, Candace sent this blah, blah, blah type thing. Yeah. Uh, we had MSK and Kushida take on Legato del Fantasma where Legato del Fantasma wins. And that was NXT. So, we have AEW coming up next. Yep, we definitely do. So, <laughs> first match, we had um, Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. So, Page versus Cage. Uh, and in that match, we actually see Hangman lose and Brian Cage get the win. Um, then we have the Seidel brothers. Wait, wait, wait. You said... Did Cage lose? No, Cage got the win. That's right, Cage got the win. Page, thought, Page lost. Like, my brain was like, I thought you said that, and I was like, wait a minute, no. No, no there, was, <laughs> there was all these Cages and Pages, and, you know, I, I kind of want to see um, Christian Cage and Brian Cage have a match, and only one of them gets to be called Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cage versus Christian Cage in a cage with, for the title of Cage. With Hangman Page. With Hangman Page as special as guest special <laughs> Uh, then we got the Seidel brothers, uh, Matt and Mike versus the Young Bucks. Um, I'll give you one guess on how, on how that went. Nobody won that one. Yeah. Well, the Young Bucks technically defeated the Seidels. Uh, we get Orange Cassidy versus Pinta El Zero Miro. The way they have that spelled messed me up. Right. <laughs> Cassidy got the win. This was kind of a fun match to watch. Um, Orange Cassidy's going to go so far. He, and, we'll talk about that in a minute because yeah. I do have something to say about him. Yeah. Um, we get the blood and guts parlay between the pinnacle and the inner circle, um, which eh, it ended in a stare down, not a brawl, which I mean, that's, that's I've been conditioned. I've, I've been conditioned. They must brawl. They must fight. Um, which was weird. We'll, we'll go back. I'll come back to that. Uh, we get Moxley and Kingston outsmarting Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, we get Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford, and Statlander defeated Ford, as you would expect. I really want that best friend shirt that they have now. Yes. Yes, it is a, an E.T. homage. 
with oh, Stat- great. Statlander in the front of the bicycle with the best friends. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. Um, the Nightmare Family versus the Factory in a uh, trios match, where uh, the Factory defeated the Nightmare Family. But who's that in the bus? <laughs> who's that? Very clearly, Cody in the bus. But who's that in the bus? Is there like, someone in there? Cody we'll, needed to be another two steps up on the bus. Yeah, we'll get to that part too. Um, then we have our um, TNT championship match for the evening. Darby Allen versus Prez 10 Vance. See what you did there. It's not just me. I, I can't take credit for that. That is Bleacher That's what Report. Been doing. Well, um, I mean, Silver has it, the four in his. Alex Reynolds has the five in his. Yeah. So. Um, which led, of course, to Allen beating Vance. And then um, I think there was a beatdown afterwards. Of, it was AEW Dynamite, yeah. sir. Of course yeah. there was a beatdown afterwards. Scorpio <laughs> Sky and um, Ethan Page managed to beat down on Darby Allen and Sting. Because mm-hmm. good is stupid. Yeah. I turn it back to you, sir, for... SmackDown. All right, so SmackDown kicked off with Bianca Belair rambling mindlessly for a little while, and then Dolph Ziggler and Mon- and uh, uh, Rude joined her to mindlessly ramble, and then Montez Ford and Dawkins joined them to mindlessly ramble, which set up our, our later on main event. <clears throat> um, we had a six-person tag. Well, I'm sorry, I said main event. It happened next. Uh, we had a six-person tag match, which was Belair and. Montez and Dawkins versus uh, the Dirty Dogs with Bailey joining them where the good guys win. Uh, we had a non-title match of Natalia and Tamina versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler where Tamina and Natalia won. We had an Intercontinental Championship match of Big E versus Apollo Crews, and I'll give you one guess how this ended. And if that guess is anything but Commander Aziz got involved and caused a DQ, then you are wrong. Well, then I was wrong because I was going to say that Big E, being the more dominant man, uh, it destroyed Apollo Crews and are, his god-awful accent. You are wrong. <laughs> this, is, this is how I know I've been watching it with you for too long, Michael, <laughs> because I immediately was like, well, obviously Big E just crushed him, right? <laughs> then the, the, the main event was uh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for the universal title in which if Daniel Bryan lost, he was banished from SmackDown forever. He must go be gone. Um, and he lost. Yeah. So there you go. The SmackDown was very light this week. As far as matches were concerned, the majority of SmackDown was people roaming around going, who do you think's going to win between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan? Uh, of course Bryan. it's going to be, it's going to be Roman. Yeah, like they asked the New Day, and Kofi said, oh, it's going to be Roman, and Xavier said, no, it's going to be Daniel Bryan. Cesaro was asked. He, of course, picked Daniel Bryan, uh, which kind of ties in because at the end of this match, uh, Cesaro gets involved. Jey Uso gets involved. Uh, This was, you know, I actually want to start with this match. Yeah, let's let's, start on a high note. Let's do it. This was probably one of the best matches that I have seen on WWE main roster television this year. The match was great. The emotion of the match was great. You end up with Daniel Bryan, of course, winning, or losing, rather. Um, Roman Reigns was, in this match, Roman Reigns was dominant. This is the kind of... Uh, Roman Reigns as a heel champion that needs to be seen. If I'm remembering right, nobody got involved in this match up until no. it was over and the very no, end. Yeah, it, it was, this is Roman the way he should have been because Roman and Daniel just went to war. Roman Reigns beat Daniel Bryan. Yep. Not Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, not Sneaky Roman, not... Interference from outside, Roman Reigns beat Daniel Bryan. Now, afterwards, then, of course, Cesaro comes running down. Uh, He's going to make the save. He gets beat down. Jey Uso shows up. Jey Uso ties up Cesaro in the ropes. 
And they basically make Cesaro watch as Roman gives Daniel Bryan a concerto. Um, the, uh, this was great. Like if you would have booked it Roman Reigns this way for his whole heel run, I would be a thousand percent on board. Yeah. Um, this is how Roman should be booked. Yeah. He doesn't need Jey Uso. Will he use Jey Uso? Absolutely. He will use Jey Uso, but he doesn't need him. He and up until him. this point, ever since he beat Jay, ever since he beat Jay, he has not defended it without help. Yeah. Ever since he beat Jay until now, Roman Reigns has yet to win a match on his own. There's been Jey Uso involved. There's been Paul Heyman involved. There's been something involved. The ref just stopping counting. The ref stopping counting. Like, nope, nope, you're not supposed to lose this. So I'm just going to stop counting. So No, you count to been... 10 and then you reverse it on Smack. You reverse it Friday in the match on SmackDown. Uh, um, well, yeah. I've, I've got a question here for you guys. Okay. Because... Um, I hear you guys talk about this all the time when we're hanging out is that the, uh, the heels are always getting help from somebody. They're never actually defending anything themselves Mm or do you, is there a reason why you think that this is happening over and over and over again? They're just trying to make faces look better or is this just a heel thing? It's a wrestling trope of the fact that heels for the most part, cannot be dominant. Ah. WWE likes the cowardly heel gimmick. Mm-hmm. Heels have to be slimy. They have to be... They There's no way a heel could ever beat our hero. <laughs> so they have to cheat. They have to be that way. Or they're booked like Braun Strowman was as a heel, where he was just a monster. Um. Which is fine. That uh, monster heel is a great concept. Yeah. Um, but when you have like like Roman Reigns here, Roman's not booked as a monster heel. Roman's booked as a heel. Well, they, he has to have a stable of people around him, and they have to get involved, and they have to make sure that no matter what, Roman wins. Now, Brady and I disagree on the fact that Brady looks at it as a Roman Reigns is doing everything it takes to hang on to the belt. That's fair. If this is the way you're going to book it, sure. Roman Reigns, though, should not need to ever be in the position where he is going to lose. Uh. Roman needs to be booked as this powerhouse, who kind of like they're doing with Bobby Lashley now. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Lashley is being booked as the, he's a heel, he has the belt, and it's, I don't care who you are. I am going to beat you to death. It sounds almost like it gives the the faces a chance to kind of have like a like a it, it, a, a hero opportunity to take it, down the big bad. It gives the faces that you never could beat me fair, bruh. Mm-hmm. and it lets these uh, these feuds that should have ended after you know. A couple of months, it just well, lets them go on and on and it on. It used to work back in the day. The way it used to work back in the day is you would have your matches where the bad guy always gets a win. The heel gets the win every time by cheating. And then you would have a blow-off match, which would be your no-DQ match or your cage match or some stipulation that would force the bad guy into a situation where he it was not going to be able to succeed. And yeah, then, you know, obviously, the hero wins. And that's when the hero wins, because right. the hero is just better than him. Like, But wanna... with Roman Reigns, they started it with him doing these major yeah. matches. Like, and, like, you could have taken this Roman Reigns storyline here, and you, you have Roman constantly, basically constantly cheating to win. You could have told the story with Kevin Owens, with any of them. Okay, you keep getting yourself disqualified. You keep having this interference. It is causing me to lose. Let's do this in a steel cage. Let's do this in a, a hell in a cell. Let's well, do this. They in... did it with Kevin. They did. They had but that they falls had count anywhere. Or no, it wasn't a fall count anywhere. It was a last man standing. Uh, last man standing. Last man standings are great when, when a few just gets to that point of, I hate your guts so much that I want to beat you till you can't stand. When you're losing due to interferences, that's when you should be shifting to Steel Cage, when you should be shifting to uh, Hell in a Cell. Then nobody can get involved. You're locked in here with me. 
The problem is here in recent history, WWE has kind of gone away from the fact that a steel cage or a hell in a cell. It originally was meant to be that nobody can interfere. Well, now they come out from under the bottom of the ring or they come cut the bolts on the door. They still Which get involved. Works like you. There, there is a place for that. Kane. Not every time. Though. Not not every time, but like the the iconic debut of Kane. Yeah, him walking down to the cell, grabbing the door mm-hmm. and ripping, ripping it, it off. off. Oh, see, that just sounds like like a character development yeah. sort yeah. of point. And and he goes in and destroys the Undertaker. That's that works. Works. Mm-hmm. Even what they did earlier this year with Kevin Owens and Jay, where Jay handcuffs Owens mm-hmm. to, it could have been done better. Like Owens should yeah. not have been trying to pull his hand out of there. Owens should have been yeah. laid out and right. Just a quick, no, no, mm-hmm. you know, instead of Jay holding right. onto his hand and like that was, that looked bad. Mm-hmm. And then Roman walking out, like that's a statement. Yeah. Even though we, we we crapped all over that when it happened, it is a statement. And it, we crapped all over it because of choices they made, decisions yeah. the way they did it. This match, to bring it back, what they did with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys are capable and able of putting on great matches. Yeah. Like, we, we the fans, the internet wrestling community... We don't like Roman. Not because we don't like Joe, mm-hmm. but because WWE tried to shove Roman down our throats. Right. And we didn't want that. Which is why his heel turn has been a, a breath of fresh air. Well, it was when it first happened, and when then it it's started, just like, now they're just ruining it. it sounds like, like a waste of like a, a great character and a, and a useful actor it, it kind of is because he was he's wanting to call himself the head of the family the head of the table the tribal chief but yet he can't get things done on his own now him beating daniel bryan on his own that does a lot to kind of repair that situation yeah but and i think that might be why daniel did it because daniel be. does have some of say and as far as creatives going right now on smackdown and i think daniel knows He's also, mm-hmm. apparently his contract's up in September. Um, I could see Daniel Bryan wanting to say, hey, look, my contract's up in September. I don't really want to resign. Well, you don't even have to see um, see that. Like, he has basically come out and said, I'm, said I'm in the latter part of my career. places, too, he said. Um, I could really see him saying, look, get me out of the main event storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't need to be here anymore. You know, let, let Cesaro have my spot, basically. Yeah. Let Daniel Bryan go down. Let Daniel Bryan show up on NXT Tuesday night. Yeah, let's let's see you some know. Daniel Bryan in NXT feuding with... Um, anybody? Anybody, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to see him show up and say, you know, you know, have him cut a promo about the fact that, you know, yeah, I lost to Roman Reigns. I've been banished from SmackDown. You know, over the past, over the weekend, I've thought about my career. I've thought about, you know, what I want to do with my life. I'm getting older, blah, blah, blah. I've got kids now. Let you know. let Daniel work with Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, let him. Let, let him, him work with Adam Cole. Can you imagine the matches that those see, guys could idea. have? He cuts this promo about being the, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to retire, yada, yada, yada. You could have, you know, I wanted to come down to NXT and see the the people that used to be me 20 years ago. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, 15 years ago, I guess, really. Um, and then you have Cole come out. And Cole says, you know, something about, you know, we don't need any uh, has-been washed-up wrestlers on NXT. But you know, Daniel Bryan working with a guy like Adam Cole or a guy like Kyle O'Reilly can help yeah. put the finishing touches on it because they're there in the ring. Yeah, Their ring work is there, but... Brian would polish. Yeah, exactly. He can be in a mentor position sort of thing. Yeah. And it would it would be enough to put them forward. Yeah. You know, get that last little, like you said, that last little polish on them before your Adam Cole, your Kyler Riley's, your your whoever you put against him moves up to the main roster. Well, I think this is just kind of a guess, but I think O'Reilly's kind of in the position that he's gonna be the one to beat Cross. Mm-hmm. And and take the title from Cross 
not right away. I think I think we're gonna see six months from Cross. Yeah. Uh, as champ, but I think that they're trying to build O'Reilly to be that guy. They are. And you know, a a short feud a short thing with Daniel Bryan. With Daniel Bryan, not even a like a, a an adversarial feud, but just a. Well, that's what I was about to say. Not necessarily make it a feud because I mean we're talking about both faces here, but a. You know, you could even have it as a Kyle O'Reilly comes out and he goes, you know, I've idolized you. Um, you know, it would be my honor to retire you. And Daniel Bryan kind of takes a little bit of offense to that and goes, uh, what do you mean, retire me? You know, that kind of thing. That well, sounds like a really fun storyline. You know, you could tell <laughs> something like that. It'd be kind of cool. Um, now, anything else? On, well, let's see. Something else on SmackDown to talk about. Dear God, why was that opening promo so bad? Because they probably just wrote it, like right before it happened. That would ha- it, it would have to be. It was atrocious. You have Bianca Belair out here, you know, one of the best women wrestlers on the planet right now. Yeah, and before she can even say anything, here come Ziggler and Rude, and they immediately make it about them and uh, the Street Profits. Yeah. <sighs> Ugh, it was just awful. Yeah. And Bailey just kind of comes out, doesn't even get a microphone. Yeah. Just comes out and starts jawing and then And now we're in a six-man match. Yay. WWE came so far Mm -hmm. just a few years ago with women's wrestling. We had an all-women's pay-per-view evolution. And it's been, what, two years since then? Mm -hmm. And nothing since then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you're going to tell me that the buy rate for the pay-per-view sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not sold. Yes. You kind of threw it together. Maybe that was part of why it sucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've done absolutely nothing with your women on the main show to make me want to watch an all women's pay-per-view mm-hmm. because there's no storylines there. None. All the storylines for women's wrestling tends to be only about a title or Charlotte Flair. Yeah. That's so incredibly frustrating because I was, I've been watching this with you guys, obviously, and mm-hmm. I never really knew about women's wrestling. And what I did know was it was nonsense. And there have been some really cool matches. And then there are also these truly terrible matches. I don't understand why there's such a dichotomy between these two levels of women's wrestling. It's because the people that are in charge at WWE, for the most part, are still very stuck in the 90s mentality of women's wrestling, Mm. but they realize they can't be stuck in the 90s mentality of women's wrestling. wrestling. Women's wrestling in the 90s, early 2000s, was your bra and panties matches Mm. where the goal was to strip your opponent. It was mud wrestling and kiddie pool matches. They used to call them the piss break matches because you'd have this, this on fire intercontinental champion match. And then they would send out, you know, Kelly Kelly and Sable. Ooh, look tits while people went to go pee. And then when they came back, you would have the main event. Yeah. It was that that cool down. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A little 15-year-old, 16, 17, 18-year-old Michael loved that kind of stuff. Loved those matches. But, not going to lie. But there's and, an entire group of people like like, like women yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I, play, I play rugby. I've played football. I've done all this physical stuff. I know some really crazy awesome women that would yeah. are roller, do crazy. Any of the roller derby women. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's always been women who took it seriously mm-hmm. yeah. and, and wanted to perform. Just Trish Stratus. You just usually um, couldn't find them in WWE. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, it's you, like, you what's get, that? You had Trish. You had Lita. You had uh, Victoria. Phoenix. Victoria. Uh, um mm-hmm. You, you had those women who took Step it seriously. Back a little further, you had like a Lunder Blaze. You had uh, who was the woman terrible, a couple weeks Mula. ago who ended up rolling in tax or something like that? Oh, Britt Baker. Oh, yeah, she was that's, amazing. Yeah, that, that's all. That's new on stuff. AW. That's all so, new. Yeah, you had this mm-hmm. '90s era of women's wrestling. Then you know the women's revolution, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yeah, happens, yeah. right. Because you start WWE starts bringing in all of these these very good wrestlers who just happen to be women. 
Mm-hmm. Right? They they're not women's wrestlers. They're wrestlers and they just are women. Um so they had to do something. You had your Charlotte's, your Becky, your Bailey and Sasha, Paige. You know, you you had these women who were good wrestlers. Yeah, they're attractive, and yeah, I like looking at them. I'm a guy. It's, it's <laughs> what it, is. it is. Let's be honest with ourselves. But <laughs> they were actual wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. They did do a women's pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Uh, Evolution? No, Evo- Evolution? Evolution was two years ago. Yeah, because they had they, they started with matches. the women's revolution and became the women's evolution because yeah. they completely botched yeah. the revolution. Like, so you have this, mm-hmm. this all-women's pay-per-view, and they did it once, and they've never done it again. They, they tout their... This is the first time women's match will headline WrestleMania. This is the first time this, the first time that. And I'm all and, for... And they were giving the women 10 minutes on a match. Yeah, well, problem, now we're back to 30 seconds. Now we're back to very short matches. Now we're back to very pointless storylines. Like, what are they doing with Shayna and Nia right now? With, Nothing. With Mandy and Dana being mean girls, and but they're the faces... And then there's Reginald in this too somehow. And whoever is booking the women's division has no idea what they're doing. Well, and, and yeah. the more they like, make it, the worse they do it, the less likely there are to pull in women like me. Yeah. Who I would mean, be totally down to watch something that's Yeah, they, cool. they want to watch. You, you have an entire demographic of women out there who want to see themselves represented. Um, WWE focuses their... Efforts on children. They're, they're advertising. That's their demographic. Uh, and, and they're trying to get the 15-year-old boys. But, but, but well, there's young women uh, like you were right. who want to see these powerful, amazingly athletic women role models. And WWE is like, nah, you're not worth us trying anything for. You, like know, you have a, a three-hour show with Raw. Mm-hmm. Most Raws have two women's matches that are maybe five minutes long each. So you're talking out of three hours, they get ten minutes. But yet you'll give a squash match the same for no reason. Now, all of that said, from a business standpoint, I think it is fair to say that the women's matches don't draw as much. But But I say that... Why why did they not draw? I say that on the fact that there are less women that watch the product Mm -hmm. than there are men. From a business point of view, part of me gets it. But, However, okay. they mm-hmm. could do so much better yes. with what they have, which would improve that yeah. demographic. Well, you know, how much of it is, wise, is not how much is it is not a draw because you don't do anything exactly. to right. get it to make it a it, draw. It's that vicious circle. It, it, it's the Hulk Hogan circle, is basically mm-hmm. what it is. That person's not a draw, I'm a draw. Well, why are you the draw? Because I refuse to work with that person. Okay, because you refuse to work with that person, that person doesn't get TV time, they don't get a push. Therefore, of course they don't draw because nobody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not drawing. Well, you're not doing your job to kind of help me draw here. Yeah. So, well, and even from a, a business perspective, if you want it, we, taking the other side, Young women have one of the highest amounts of buying power exactly. of, of that age group, of that, that mm-hmm. teenage women. Yeah. That ha- they have a huge buying power business-wise. You are, wise. You so, are 100% not wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what, why, what you want to focus you can, honestly, on. Let's but look. you can take the comparison here of WWE and how they treat the women's division versus look at how NXT treats their women's division. Now, these are both WWE products. Mm-hmm. NXT treats their women's division so much better. Oh, my gosh. Every time that we sit down and watch NXT, I have so much more fun watching yeah, that. Yeah. It is so much more entertaining. there, and, and just from the women's point of view, the matches are actually worth watching. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. obviously flailing well, arms. And, and you have vast number of characters mm-hmm. on NXT for the women's division. Whereas you go to Monday Night Raw, you have... Um, blonde with big tits, blonde with big tits, blonde yeah. with big tits, blonde with big tits, brown hair with big tits, blonde with big tits, blonde with big tits. And every single one of mm-hmm. them, you sit there watching it. As a woman, a bigger woman, I will say, I sit there watching it going, there is no way that that only, is designed to be comfortable or supportive in any way, only, shape, or form. You, know, <laughs> you have you have Naya, who's a bigger woman. She was mm-hmm. a plus-size model. You know, she has all this going for her. Mm-hmm. And then how they treat her. 
is it, just terrible. It makes me really angry when I watch that. It makes me very <laughs> frustrated because she could be so cool, and then she's just like this gimmick. Yeah. She's like well, that's, the fast that's girl. The WWE, that's the only thing WWE sees in her. Um, like well, they, they shoved Tamina into that into that segment of big yeah. girl, you know. When Nia was a face, her storyline was around being picked on because she was big. Yeah. It's that, it's that like that was it, you know. <laughs> it so, makes me it blows my mind how uh, any the only important thing about uh women in a lot of those situations is what they look like. It <laughs> it is WWE being completely tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Um to what the modern wrestling viewer once and i want to say that there was an article i read uh recently no there was there was an article i read recently it was on a becky lynch bio um where they talked about how everybody kind of thinks that the modern wrestling audience is southern conservative Mm -hmm. when in reality if you actually look at the wrestling audience they're a lot more liberal than what anybody involved in wrestling believes. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. And, you know, it's... I mean, look at the community of people that are going to those things. The thing is, too, there, when you look at, you know, talking about everybody's Southern conservative, that, again, it it brings me back to the mindset of the people in charge. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon's mindset is... Southern conservative hillbillies are what watch wrestling now. Mm -hmm. That's not the demographic anymore. When you look at the demographics across the board for the different wrestling shows, AEW, NXT, WWE, TNA, all of it, they tend to skew to that, you know, 18 to 35 range. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they still skew male, but the female viewership has gone up over the years. Well, and even if you don't look at the female viewership, the... Look at the community of 18 to 35-year-olds. These are millennials. These are people who have grown up under the assumption that there isn't going to be an issue working with a woman or watching women in a powerful position. You also look at the fact that that age range tends to be more liberal. Yeah. They tend to lean more that way. So they're going to be more accepting of the sunny kisses of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be more accepting of openly gay, openly transgender, the Nyla Roses, that kind of stuff. People just don't care anymore. People don't care. You've got Nyla Rose, and AEW's botched this so much to not not blame everything on WWE. But you have Nyla Rose, who is the first openly transgender woman in professional wrestling. And she's where? Yeah. Dressed up as a nun on, yeah, on being BT. the elite. But what? she's not on TV. I, I, <laughs> I'm just quickly Googling Nyla Rose because I haven't heard of her. You would think that this would be something I would have heard about by yeah, now. I told the, you about her. She was the second but, women's champion. Yeah, she was. Which is okay. She had um, a lackluster, which, I mean, that's AEW's women division. Their lackluster yeah, title reigns. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she is an openly transgender woman. She is Native American. She hits all of these marks that they should be loud and proud behind her, pushing her and say, hey, check out this young lady and what she can do. Exactly. Well, and especially um, with the the issues coming up with with women, transgender women in sports. Yeah. Like, this is an opportunity for, for these companies to set the tone for how they want to deal and with these sort of um Things, especially AEW, because they have put out there since the beginning that they are uh, uh, accommodating, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have an autistic child that comes to the shows, you know they had a gift bag. You just tell them, and they would give you give you a bag that had like earplugs and puzzles and things like that, so that they if made, it got overwhelming, they could you know they had something to do. They That's made awesome. a big deal about uh, one of their uh, arenas was it Chicago, where they put in the uh, the therapy room. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I forget what they called it, um, but it was a, an autistic, designed for autistic children when they get overwhelmed by all the sound, the noise, that they could go there and it's quiet and it's got comforting colors and stuff on the wall. They made a huge deal about this. Yeah. And then we haven't heard anything about any of this since. Well, and yes, you we also have, did kind of hit the pandemic. You so. have the pandemic, oh, but yeah. you're still 
they could be at the forefront of these kind of stuff, but they're not. And in fact, not anything that happened on wrestling this week, but in the news, we have Tessa Blanchard yeah. making her reappearance. Mm-hmm. Possibly re-signing with AEW. Possibly signing with AEW. What does that tell everybody? Exactly. Because Tessa has a history. Mm-hmm. She's an amazingly talented wrestler. Yeah. But she has a history of racist statements, um, issues with other women in the locker room. And if AEW signs, like I expect WWE to sign, WWE doesn't care. Well, WWE's made the comment multiple times that like, and Vince has said it, you know, if it's good for business, he's going to do it no matter what. Yeah. You you can look at, you can look at WWE at uh, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle, right? Yeah. They have these horrible allegations put out against them, and they never even slowed up. The only reason Velveteen Dream's not on TV is because he was hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got... Um, but AEW did it right. Mm-hmm. When the the whole... was it, it wasn't Me Too. What did they call it last year? It was a speaking out. Speaking out. Thank mm-hmm. you. Speaking out, where all of the... Especially the British women yeah. wrestlers... Havoc and B Priestley were immediately told, you can get gone. Yeah. Um, you know, well, Havoc, they kept him around for a couple weeks, put him through some therapy or something, and then let him go. I think they had to do that. Yeah. But they canceled um, bringing in Marty Squirrel because they were going to yeah, bring him in. They were going to bring Marty Squirrel in, and Squirrel had some had some issues. Um, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan, who was friends with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and now, you know, his issues. Then, but you also look at Sammy. Sammy Guevara, who said absolutely deplorable things about Sasha Banks. Um, and yes, he apologized and he did it the right way and he, he has redeemed himself. They suspended him for several months. Suspended him for several months. He took mandated um, uh Since management courses. You know. See, and that's that's the way it should yeah. go. Is if no. if you want I mean, everybody has, should have room to grow, right? You know, yeah, I mean, nobody he, stays the same. He but. came out and he apologized for what he said, and it was absolutely despicable, mm-hmm. the fact that he said that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to give him a pass because of his age mm-hmm. when he said it. Right. But he apologized, and he didn't apologize publicly. He reached out to Sasha privately to yeah. apologize for mm-hmm. his statements. See, and that, yeah, it shouldn't she, be a show. She chose to forgive him which opens the door for everybody else to forgive him. And he did not argue, moan, complain about anything yeah. that AEW said, hey, you're suspended. Fine, yes, I sir. I deserve it. I deserve Good. it. That's awesome. You know, and he wasn't even employed by AEW when he said these remarks, but mm-hmm. because they became public when they did, yep. he took it as you should. And he has earned everybody's respect. Yeah. See, and that's the way it should be. But then you have... Who is it that's hiring Tessa Blanchard? Well, they're looking at AEW. It's the same company. It's the same company, so we don't, but we don't know. Like, it's all rumor at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the only thing I can see there is, okay, her dad, Tully, works there. Yeah. So there's, that's part of it. And again, you and I have made the comment many times, AEW's women's division needs help. Mm -hmm. And Tessa could help it. Tessa Uh, really could help it. At least, let me, let me. Uh, clarify that statement in ring Tessa Blanchard could help it. Yeah. She's an amazing talent in the ring. I mean, she was, I think she was the first woman to hold a major champion. Yeah. She's kind of had the intercontinental title, but like the, yeah, the top she's of the, the card. First, she's the title. first woman to hold the, uh, a, a heavyweight title. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was the impact heavyweight championship. Yeah. Um, where okay. She so she's got like, not just this history outside the ring, but she has this very positive history inside she the ring for women. History in the ring. I mean, she is she is amazing as a wrestler. That makes things so frustrating but when you're trying her, to yeah. build a, a women's division. The problem is she knows that she isn't. She's 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 honestly kind of the opposite of from what I've understand about Charlotte Flair. From what I understand outside the ring, Charlotte's like super nice. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a character, and we hate the character of Charlotte, but you can't say that she hasn't earned her spot. Tessa, on the other hand, 
expects it. And when anybody, like Big Swole, mm-hmm. Big Swole and her had a problem. Big Swole's a, a, an AEW women's wrestler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Tessa is, has been horribly racist in the past. Oh, geez. Has caused major issues. She is a diva from the word go. You know, when she was the TNA champion, right when the pandemic happened, her and her husband, boyfriend, fiance, whoever. Uh, at the time, I think they're married now. But They were in Mexico, and they chose to stay in Mexico. So TNA's like, cool, that's fine, we get it. You need to send us these promos every so many, you know, we need this many weeks of promos, we need this, we need this, we need this. She never did any of that. And so TNA canceled her contract, said, we're stripping you of the belt and we're, we're cutting your contract. You're not well, following and, the rules. And some of what's popped up since then is that her contract was up anyways, mm-hmm. uh, that she had been trying to negotiate for more money and that it just kind of hit all it. It's all kind of at yeah, all. It all, it all just kind of okay. hit and she well, was in a bad spot, but you know, if you're, you, you still, you're the champion, you work out a deal. Hey, let me come in and drop my title. And, and then we, we part amicably. Yeah. You know, you, you don't just okay, so shut down and go hide somewhere in the middle of Mexico. So if you're trying to negotiate for more money and you're trying to do this, do you really want to be, you know, that antagonistic? Mm-hmm. No. You know, so there's a problem there. I, I think had Tessa, had the pandemic not happened, Tessa would be in WWE making lots of money. You're probably right. Um, but because the pandemic happened because Anthem had to freeze their salary and she couldn't get a big payout from them. She gambled and she lost. Yeah. I think so. Um, and I don't think that she's going to make big money wherever she goes. Now, all of this said, we got way off on. Ah, uh, yeah, this is which my is fault. fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> no that's fine. That, that's, we don't have to sit here and talk about. Yeah. It. We can talk about the yeah. issues yeah. surrounding wrestling. That's I why. enjoy this more so than us saying, you know and what, this, this match, match actually happened. sucks. Match <laughs> you know, like yeah. this well, is but, the kind of content that I enjoy listening yeah, to exactly. as a listener. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we're able exactly. to put that out as producers. Now, well, I, I do want to touch on some things that still did happen in the world of wrestling. Um, you know. Mainly, let's talk about NXT real quick on the whole uh, indie Dexter, the whole thing there. Yeah. Because we made the comment last week that you know we're really loving this storyline that they're trying to tell. Yeah. Of course, we also go on record as saying that we loved the Otis-Mandy Rose storyline. Uh, I'm a sucker for this whole... Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast type thing. So, it, we have what appears to be probably Candace or maybe Johnny... Uh, trying to sabotage this. What it oh, looks yeah, like. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I expect nothing more from them. Yeah. Like this is perfect for them, for the way it, it's going to advance the storyline. It's going to lead to Indy leaving the way mm-hmm. and pushing Indy up the card because before she joined the way, she was nobody. Yeah. She was a nobody. And now everybody knows her name. We all love her segments and seeing what's going to happen. Yep. And, you know, her tweets of, you know, yeah. little Indy's going to get her hands on big, big decks. decks. You know, right. like, we love that stuff. We, I am now a fan yeah. of this woman who six months ago I didn't know existed. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Exactly. And that's how you tell a story. You know, that, and, and again, that, that goes to the difference between NXT and WWE. We have a... We have a woman mm-hmm. in a storyline that's not about the title, but we care about it. Yeah. And yeah, okay, granted, does it, it probably fails the Bechtel test and the fact that it's about a guy. <laughs> but at this point, we'll take what let's we get, get a story for them first. Then we'll work on having more complex emotions out here. You got to start get the somewhere. Women have some yeah. stories <laughs> first. I mean, let's, let's look over the last couple of years. Let's just say the last three or four years. What moments in WWE stand out to you as iconic that you will remember for a long time. Do you know the first thing that pops in my head? Mm. Becky standing in the crowd with a broken yes. nose and, you know, just doing the, the come at me. with the, you know, blood pouring down her face. Yeah, oh, that's great. Like that, <laughs> that, that made Becky Lynch. It did. Um, it's women's stuff. Mm-hmm. The guys, not to take anything away from them, 
because they're athletically the best we've ever seen in professional wrestling. Yeah. Bar none. But the storylines, especially in WWE, have been meh. So I would I would say, and this is me personally, mm-hmm. the last major like emotional investment storyline that paid off well for me was Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania 30. And that was, what, seven, seven years, years ago. ago? Seven that involved years ago. Now, there, I'm not saying there haven't been cool moments. No, no, there have. You know, there I have. mean, there's been The Undertaker losing to Brock. There's been, you know, um, the breakup of The Shield. You know, there's been these things that were that are iconic moments. But the break of the shield, that was seven years ago, too. Exactly. Like, and, and, and Brock, Undertaker losing to Brock. That seven seven years, years ago, ago, that was the same show. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you go back before that, CM Punk dropping the pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. It's been 10 years yep. or 12 years. I don't, something like that. I forget if it was the 11 last, or 9. The last it, five years, easy though, there just hasn't been a major, a major male storyline that has really caught on as that. This is the cultural zeitgeist of wrestling. The closest thing that I can think of off the top of my head is Otis. Otis and Mandy. And the Beauty and the Beast love story that they had last year that they just dropped. They screwed up, basically, at the end of it. (laughs) We're going to transfer Mandy to Raw. We're we're just going to drop this whole story. They'll have a feud for... A match, and then we'll transfer yeah. him, and then we'll never put him on TV again. And t- well, I, I got to think some of that's Tucker's fault. It probably is. Because I, I, no, no offense to Tucker, but the ring gear that he switched to. Yeah, it was generic he, wrestler A. When he was Tucker yeah. in there with Otis, yes, Otis overshadowed him, mm-hmm. but he looked enormous. He looked like a threat. You stood out. When you saw him, you said, that's Tucker. The first time that I saw Tucker in his pants with his name across his butt, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still was like, who, who is, is that? that? Yep. And he got completely lost. And I, 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 I don't blame WWE for letting him go because he did nothing at that point to stand out and break away from the crowd. Yep. Exactly. You've got to do stuff to stand out and break out from the crowd. Exactly. So, um, Let's talk AEW real quick. In fact, okay. actually, before we talk AEW, let's talk TNA. Okay. Impact Wrestling. They had their pay per view last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, Sunday before last. No, it was it was last Sunday. It was the twenty fifth. I looked it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, another former WWE guy. Yep. Uh, who for TN? Both titles were on the line. The Impact. Uh, championship and the AEW championship. Technically, I guess three titles were on the line. Is it was all Impact has the two? Did they have? Was both of them? I, I haven't followed I Impact got, enough to know both because Rich Swan had both of the Impact titles. I did okay. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Swan had both. Um, yeah, Kenny Omega beat Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. An AEW wrestler is now the Impact Wrestling Champion. Yep. Um, and he's calling him the Belt Collector now. I mean, right now he has he has the AEW title. He has both Impact titles. He has the AAA title still. Yeah, and it's not, but it's not the AAA heavyweight title. It's, yeah, it's like the intercon. It's almost yeah. like their intercontinental yeah. title. Okay, I have just a really quick question about this because okay. so as someone who's new to all of the different wrestling companies and everything, you're talking about how he's an AEW wrestler. Yes, and he's coming in and he's taking this Impact title belt. Yes. So if he is it, are these guys these these wrestling companies interrelated enough that you could end up with a character going like hopping between the different shows and like Kinda. stealing belts and cause that would be fun. Kinda. That is, that is, that lie. is the story that they're trying to tell yeah. here. So quick so, aside. Yeah. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. So back seventies, early eighties, even into the early nineties. Yeah. I guess technically you had what they called the territory system, right? And territory mm-hmm. system was like, Mid-South and New England and Ohio Valley, and there was all these little pockets of wrestling. 
and wrestlers generally went between back and forth between the different ones. Like you'd see, you'd you'd spend let's just say a year. Up. You'd spend a year in mid south, and yeah. you'd do your thing. Maybe you'd be a champion. Maybe you wouldn't be. And then after that year, you'd have a loser leaves town match. Yep. And then you would go and you'd go up to New York and wrestle for WWE. Oh, uh, yeah. that and sounds then, fun. You know, uh-huh. you, you'd do some things there and then you'd go and wrestle somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, maybe Pacific Northwest. And find um, like the area that works best for you and your well, characters. Well, they, were, they, were, they were journeymen. They were journeymen. Oh, they, oh, okay. they traveled. Okay. And, you know, another year or two later, they'd come back to Mid-South. Mm-hmm. They'd make their return, you know, that kind of thing. Then Vince is dad, really. And then to an extent, Vince. With WWE, they started buying up all of these little promotions. Well, Vince Vince is really the one who did it. Vince is really the one started. Vince's dad maybe it. expanded a little bit, but Vince's dad hated what he was doing yeah. trying true, to take true. over. So Vince basically bought up all of the small promotions to where you had this behemoth that was WWE, WWF at the time. And then you had like WCW, which was kind of just related to the South. but And then you had little small, small promotions were still around. Back in the seventies and eighties, before WWE became the behemoth, you had they they all these little individual promotions teamed together in the National it's Wrestling a, yeah, Alliance NWA NWA, mm-hmm. and there was the and, NWA champion who was the champion recognized in all of these promotions, and he would travel around and yeah. defend it against the local. Uh, oh, that's right, the see, local that, guy. That, that sounds fun. Yeah. 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 No, it was. And it led to some great moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Von Erich. Yeah. Uh, when he won the title from Ric Flair right after his brother died. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that like a product of local television channels? Like now yes. that everything's yeah. streaming and on it, cable. It was on local television. You know, they had stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then Vince, of course, bought everybody up and mm-hmm. they kind of killed all that. Vince bought everybody up. Then WCW blew up. Yeah. And it killed local wrestling it also killed that interplay between like wwe they barely recognize that any other wrestling exists at all at most they might say something now like well he's like with aj he's won titles around the world they never talk about weird you don't hear him say new japan you won't hear him say tna you won't hear him say any of that stuff at most they'll reference wcw because hey guess what they own that now Hmm. Yeah. So what AEW is doing with TNA, uh, NWA, and uh, New Japan, and a a triple A too, triple A too. It's really kind of that whole like this is refreshing again, like seeing Kenny Omega, your AEW champion, show up on TNA TV. That is just like (laughs) mind blown (laughs) type stuff. And, and um, seeing Impact guys, even though they haven't done it well, you see these guys who are signed to Impact show up on AEW television. You um, see uh, next week, or not next week, the next week we're going to see John Moxley defend his his uh, New Japan title on AEW television. Yeah. You know, we've seen Thunder Kenta, Rosa. When Kenta showed up, oh yeah. my God. Like, yeah. Everybody just <laughs> blew up. The, yeah. the forbidden door, right? Yeah, because that's... During the pandemic, we see... Thunder Rosa, who was the NWA Women's Champion, defending the NWA Women's Champion on AEW television. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of this weird, like, this person coming here, this person coming in there, that's really cool for a wrestling fan to see that again because it, it harkens well, I mean, back to that, you, you know. You, you have for, for 30 years, roughly, mm-hmm. let's just say 30 years, and if you wanted to see your dream match or your favorite wrestler versus your other favorite wrestler, there's a good chance that you would have to pick up SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, go into the create a character mode. Make it that way. And create oh, your favorite shame. wrestler. Perfect example. Perfect example. Back in the 90s, the dream match in everybody's mind was The Undertaker. Well, the late 90s, early 2000s, I guess, was The Undertaker versus Sting. Sting had this crow character where he was in the rafters and had the white and black face oh, paint. Oh, you like have shown now. me that, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you had this dark character Sting, and then WWE had The Undertaker. Uh-huh. He comes out in the robes and the lightning and the, the funeral The, the Druids. Oh, that sounds the like Druids. so much fun. That we wanted to see that been... match. That match would have stolen the show. Not that, you know, they're both decent workers. Not that they're the best workers on the card. But the storyline, the characters in that match would have stolen the show. It would have been an instant classic 
We never got it. We never got it. Because uh, when even, WWE finally did buy WCW, Sting was Sting's contract was so expensive, Vince didn't want to pay it out. And Sting also said, I'm not going to work for the WWE. Period. I don't care how much you offer well, me. And Vince was and, like, and all right, Sting, fine. We just want offered. The, yeah. the WCW had some weird stuff where in order to make their budget work, their top talent was not actually signed to WCW. Yeah, they were. They were signed to Turner Broadcasting. <laughs> yes. So that way they could yes. afford the contract. That way so. they could afford, because you had guys like Sting, guys uh-huh. like Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, um, uh, Ric Flair was probably yeah. in that group. Macho Man, Kevin Nash, all those guys, they were making over a million dollars a year. And they also wow. had the salary, not, yeah. not, yeah. not, not including not bonuses. Yeah. And they also had uh favored nations clauses in most of them to where that said, if you hire somebody in at the same rate that you're paying me, you have to increase mine by 10%. You know, so or, or if you hire somebody in at a higher rate, you have to increase mine to, to match mine to match. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. So well, do you think like that this the buying up all of these little companies and everything and and then everything being trapped on cable do you think that's why it's been so stale for yes, a while yes, absolutely and absolutely. now things can expand a little bit because there's all of these new streaming services yeah, absolutely. Well, and and what it is is it, had, it, it came up to where after the collapse of WCW uh, due to just extremely mis well you had mismanagement. mismanagement you had the fact that TNA, TNT was sold to yeah Time, Time, Warner. Time Warner wanted nothing to do with, with wrestling nothing to do with wrestling that really? is a, um, that is a hick backwater thing <laughs> that nobody wants to see on uh-huh. TNT let's put on another rerun of Andy Griffith instead <laughs> uh, but so you had all the territories were dead mm-hmm. and it took 20 years uh well 10 to 15 years for the territories to rebuild. Uh, the British wrestling scene was dead. Yeah. And then it's rebuilt and you get some of the best wrestlers in the world coming out of British yeah. wrestling. Well, right you, now. Had, you had the mixtures uh, of things like the eighties steroid scandals, which uh, really hurt wrestling. Yeah. You had WCW collapsing. You had, you, you had, had kayfabe no, finally being killed. Yeah. Kayfabe was gone. I mean, back in the day, you know, the good guy wrestlers and the bad guy wrestlers, they didn't ride together. They didn't. Of course, there was no social media. Or Rick anything. Flair. Mm-hmm. Rick Flair was in a plane crash, broke his back, and mm-hmm. went and wrestled a match that night because he didn't want it to get out that he had been on the plane with the heels. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep. So you had stuff like that. You had things where, um, I forget who, a Million Dollar Man, mm-hmm. he, he talks about it. Ted DiBiase. He, a lot of the boys in the back hated his guts because the million dollar man character, he got a private jet <laughs> and he got to fly around in a well, private yeah, he's jet. He's the million dollar man. Yeah. He's not going to share a plane right. with somebody he else. He got to fly around in a private jet. All Image. of them were taking the bus, you know? <laughs> no, they weren't even taking, they were renting cars were renting and cars. driving. Oh yeah. my gosh. So they hated him. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Things like that. That was kayfabe. You know, and then you have these moments where kayfabe is killed, you know, the, the curtain yeah. call, stuff like that, which that's a whole other thing to get into. But, yeah, between all of this, wrestling died. Wrestling mm-hmm. was dead for years. The new aggression, or not the, the new generation, yeah. killed wrestling. It was just so bad. Then you had the WCW wars with, with uh, WWE that really spiked everything back up. You had this new aggressive, this new edgy wrestling. Ruthless. Aggression. Well, I was thinking more <laughs> attitude era. I know, I know, but um, just what you yeah. were saying, I, I right. couldn't help it. So I really have, couldn't. So you have all this stuff that got people back into wrestling. Then you know, so everybody's seeing the spike in viewership again. You know, people are watching wrestling; they're getting bought into it again. Then WCW dies, and WWE has no competition at that point at all, and they don't want competition. And they don't want competition. Vince fails to this day to understand that competition is healthy for him, yeah. mm-hmm. that he is at his best when he has somebody nipping at his heels. Yeah. Well, it forces him to innovate. You can, you can even look at it now. WWE has signed up so many people, so many of these independent wrestlers to you know decent contracts, and they just let them sit on the shelf. They don't do anything with them. But they, they, the they, reason they, they sign them is because I'm going to sign you for this amount of money because we can afford it, 
just so that you don't go make a name for yourself somewhere else in case we decide that we want to make a name for you. See, that and, sounds and like it, the perfect way to ruin your show because then it just oh, becomes it, it the has, same thing has. over and over it, and over again. It has ruined okay. your show. Mm-hmm. They signed all these people because AEW was kicking up and the rumors started for AEW and them starting up and Vince went out and signed everybody he could. So a lot of the big names that AEW could have used to build themselves were gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, now, in part because of the pandemic, these guys are coming off of contract or Vince not really seeing AEW as a threat uh, because he's short-sighted. Um, well, he looks at it as TNA. You know, TNA yeah. was TNA was never a threat to WWE. Yeah, they got viewers, but big deal. But well, it was, and, and TNA it was proven very quickly they weren't a threat when TNA decided we're going to go on to Monday Night Raw that, versus that was the yeah. stupidest <laughs> thing TNA could have done. Good lord, they it was what two months maybe, and they were like, yeah, we're going back to Thursdays because uh, well, well, no, it <laughs> that that whole debacle they brought Hulk in, they brought in Bischoff. And they changed their ring from the six-sided ring that they had to, to a four-sided four-sided ring. ring. So they lost what made them TNA. Yeah, they lost that that. But the reason to watch TNA, they just became a discount WWE. No, mm-hmm. no, they became discount WCW. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And um, that's not a shot at guys like AJ and Bobby Roode and all them that were there at that time. Mm-hmm. Management screwed them over. They screwed but, over the the people that were there from the beginning for the the name draw of Hulk Hogan and Kevin, Kevin Nash, Nash and Kurt well, Angle. Even and, Nash had been there for a while and was helping. Yeah. But, yeah, we could go off on tangents all day on that. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're running very long. We're running long, so we need to, to wrap this up. Uh, Caitlin, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for I having me. I hope that you me. had fun. I did. Uh, we would like to say a big thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gaucher, Mississippi, allowing us to use this space uh, on a constant weekly basis. And uh, come out and check them out. They've got tons of games. I picked up a game last week when I was here. I picked up a game this week when I was here. Um, they take all of my money. So he doesn't come have a give problem. Them, no. Come <laughs> give them some of yours. Yeah, and thanks to Big Dog Liquor, of course, for where we get all of our liquor. Um, you know, go down there, give them a shot. They have, yeah, see, see what I did there? Give them yeah. a shot. <laughs> uh, they have, of course, all the different hard liquors. They've got a huge wine selection. They've got all the mixers that you could ever dream of to go with stuff. Um, they do big wine sales every month. So if you have a certain kind of wine you like, go down there and get a case of it. It gives you a pretty good discount. Uh, grab that. Come down here to McNarv. Get a board game. Head home. Get drunk. Play board games. Woohoo! Absolutely. Can't beat that, right? Sounds like a plan. So with that said, I think we'll close it out. Till next week, Michael. Till next week. Cheers. Cheers.